Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of I Am Essence, where we share tips and feature incredible guests who help us transform and align with our best selves. Get ready, I Am Essence. Today, Gigi Robinson has arrived. Gigi is known for many things, from being a finalist in the Sports Illustrated Swim Search to her advocacy in the chronic illness and body positivity space, all the way to NFT research and navigating life as a small business owner. She truly, truly does it all. She combines beauty and brains as Gen Z's forefront leader in the content creation space. Gigi is an inspiration to her viewers and now I am Essence audience. Having been diagnosed with Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome at the age of 14, Gigi knows how hard it can be different. However, her lively spirit positive demeanor, and elevated work ethic has made her and her Spotify live podcast, Everything You Need Is Within, an instant hit. She shares with her audience how to become their own advocate, girl boss, and so much more. When she's not working on her podcast or posing for national campaigns, Gigi can be found working on her newsletter, The Creator Chronicles. Her latest project is aimed at documenting life as a young woman with a chronic illness and unlocking behind-the-scenes tips and tricks for rising content creators. With so much more on the horizon, including an upcoming speaking tour, creative production for brands, advising brands on top book projects, Gigi Robinson is just getting started. Let's welcome her in on today's episode of I Am Essence. Well, welcome to I Am Essence, Gigi. I'm so happy to have you here. So you just got coffee. What are you drinking today? Or what is your ideal oh, coffee? <laughs> thank you. And just good morning. <laughs> I am totally an iced almond milk girly. And Ooh. sometimes with a splash of like vanilla or caramel, just like a, t- a tiny little sweetness, not overboard. Almond Breeze actually has a new almond based like an almond milk based sweet cream so Mm -hmm. it's like it's it's giving that starbucks sweet cream cold foam you can see it like doing i love it i can't um and i just i just am an almond milk girly i do i do like oat milk i'm just Mm -hmm. i would always go with almond milk if i could i'm I'm a super basic girl i i'm a i'm a dunkin girl i don't know if you're a starbucks or a dunkin girl I like my Duncan for sure. Yes. I'm a Duncan cold brew black. I'm super basic. I know, but it's just, it's my go-to. Yeah. I love the job done. <laughs> do you also get, do you get a large also? I do my, my medium, medium cold brew, a large, is, it's okay. for me, it's a little too much, but I, before I work out, I'm usually a Kerrig. Oh, what is it? It's the, the little donut shop. Have you ever had those? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's my, that's my morning go-to. And then post-workout, I drive home past Duncan and I time everything perfectly. So when I'm Lovely. at the, this, one, <laughs> this one red light, I hit the order, park, jump right in, coffee's ready, and we are good to go for the day. Oh, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta time everything perfectly. You do. I honestly am usually drinking my second coffee by what 11 12 Same. o'clock yeah it's, Same, not, it's right. not good oh it's not but you know what I'm it's just it's who we are I um I'm Italian so it's just like the coffee the it's just it's part of the culture and you know what you just have to you got to own it it is what it is yeah <laughs> it is what it is I agree 
<laughs> so you are just so confident and full of life. And I absolutely love it. The platform you hold is beautiful and so empowering, so inspiring. Have you always been this confident? Honestly, no. Um, I was actually really shy really? up until I transferred to USC in mm-hmm. 2017. Yeah. And part oh, of it, I think, was like the fact that I had to be pushed out of my comfort zone to move mm-hmm. across the country to yep. like start from a fresh slate, like only know the people that came from my high school and then mm-hmm. to like go up to people and be like, hey, I'm Gigi, like, what's up? Um, and just like know that like I would either make friends or people would just be jerks and like they wouldn't be my friends. But yep. yeah, it definitely was something that I think I grew into because um, I used to be definitely really scared and shy about introducing myself or meeting people or even like being in the spotlight. Like I just wanted to kind of be like watching the show. I didn't want to be yep. the show or be in really? the show or produce the show. Yeah. I could definitely relate to that. So I went to Ohio State and I came from an all girls Catholic high school, didn't know anyone, moved halfway across the country, basically had to restart my whole life, had no friends, go in Columbus because no one came from my school. And so I could definitely relate to that. And it's it's challenging at first because it definitely pulls you out of your comfort zone but it allows you to gain a sense of independence that you never knew you ever had. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And also like, I think that's part of like the whole purpose of college is like recognizing areas that you need to do better in or like excel or change. And I just knew that I didn't like sitting on the sidelines or in the audience anymore, um, which is like totally fine. Like to the people that do do that, I just Mm -hmm. didn't want that for me. Exactly. And I was like, you know, what? I'm going to change this and try it up because at the end of the day, how many people are actually going to remember like my specific, you know, flaws or my specific growth journey? (laughs) Exactly. And we only have such a short period of time. So why not make the best of it, make the most of it? And we have to stay present because the future hasn't happened yet. Who knows what tomorrow is going to bring? We have to be present. We only have this short, this short period of time. So why not just own it, be who we are, and just be our best self right now? Literally. And it's like way easier said than done, I think. Oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. And especially going from the East Coast, or are you, you are you originally from the East Coast, by the way? Yeah, I'm born and raised in New York City. Nice. And so moving across the country by myself, like I had no family. Um, mm-hmm. My parents had maybe like one or two people that they knew, but like yeah. they weren't like close friends. So like really everything and everyone that I met out there was like a new person, um, a new connection. And I don't know, I think it was just kind of, cool to do that I would do it all over again honestly what was that like for you from going from the uh, east coast all the way to the west coast was it a little bit of a culture shock at first um I don't think so because and I've said this a couple times before but I think the reason people from New York Mm -hmm. thrive in LA is because they come from like hustle grind like keep it up keep going never stop what's that lady goggle and it's like like bus, plane, another plane, another <laughs> yes. plane. Like that is like the New York vibe. Um, Absolutely. 
so, so when you get to LA and the culture is so laid back, you're able to excel because you already have this momentum that's coming with you versus if you're going from LA to New York, you have this chill mindset and you're usually forced to like speed it up and get up to speed. And I don't want to say like every place should be like New York. Cause I also like have gone to places like Miami, which I think is kind of like a crossover between the two, um, in terms of like the work culture and, and the, um, I guess like, uh, like interpersonal cultures, but I think it was just like, oh, wow. Like I didn't know people do things this way. And LA really is so diverse. They have a bunch of unique villages um, or like towns similar or districts, I should say, similar to how New York has like Mm -hmm. Chinatown, how they have like Harlem and they have different cultural things that happen in those areas. But like LA is the same. It's just more spread out and you have to spend more on Ubers and Yeah. (laughs) It's very true. So I actually had the complete opposite where I went from that very fast pace, like you said, being New York, going to the Midwest where everything is much slower and in New York where you're walking down the street and someone's try- someone, no, I guess what I'm trying to say is no one's really going to try to talk to you. Where in the Midwest, I would be walking across campus or just in Columbus and people are like, Hey, how are you? And I'm like, wait, why are you talking to me? Literally that, that would happen. <laughs> like, what do you time. want from me? I'm in the mindset. I'm going from my dorm to class or from class to the gym or wherever I'm going. What do you want? Why are you following me? Yeah. I mean, that happened a lot too, but I think it just made me like more of a, like, pe- like, don't take it personally, but exactly. also like be nice to everyone. Um, I think there's this quote that like is going around that I, I really resonate with, but it's about always being the kindest person in the room because people are going to remember that they're not going to want to be around somebody who's going to just like turn you down or be really nasty. They don't care about how many followers you have. They don't care about you being the prettiest person in the room. They care about you being, or, and they don't even care about you being the smartest. They care about who's the nicest and who makes the lasting impression. And a lot of times, making a lasting impression is simply just giving people compliments. And something that I started doing recently is when I meet people, I usually give them a compliment to start the conversation and um, a compliment like during the middle or the end of the conversation, just to make other people feel good because I think it's really important to do that. And we also forget to compliment people a lot. Absolutely. And especially as females too. I remember when I was in high school, cause I went to an all girls high school, sometimes it could have felt as like a competition. And I think in today's world and where we are right now, and especially with um, the, our younger audience who is growing up now, I think we do have to give them that, that confidence and say that, no, where you are, you are beautiful, no matter who you are, what you, what you look like. And I think there's so much negativity on social media where we have to just show them that what you, what you are seeing every day isn't necessarily, at, we can't really take it for face value. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a hard pill to swallow, like to not Absolutely. take a compliment or uh, criticism seriously or personally is hard, but we have to remember it's somebody else's projection of who you are. It's not actually who you are. Mm -hmm. And when you internalize other people's opinions and thoughts, that's where you can get really confused. And that's what can lead to a lot of self-deprecating thoughts that just is based on 
an irrational perception of like who you are. Obviously we're, we're, we're not like talking about if you're like a horrible person and no, you're no, like crappy. We're talking about like your everyday person. Exactly. Um, yeah. No, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. So what is it like for you to hold such a platform where you share your struggles and are vulnerable? Because life sometimes when we go through different experiences, they break us down and it can be very challenging to rebuild and, and show who we are. Yeah, I really love this question because I've actually been thinking about it a lot lately. It's like I started my platform and talking about chronic illness Mm -hmm. kind of by accident, but also because I was dealing with these teachers not believing I was sick. And I couldn't imagine that I was the only chronically ill student that had dealt with that. I couldn't imagine that I was the only student that dealt with friends not believing they were sick or not supporting them or not, you know, going to doctor's appointments with them. And again, that was a moment in time where I used social media as a mode to connect with other people, Mm -hmm. not necessarily to get anything else out of it. I wasn't looking for followers. I wasn't looking for attention. I was looking to find other people that dealt with the same thing because I couldn't find that from my friends. I couldn't find that from my teachers and my family was across the the country in New York. So I was really alone, first of all. And second of all, I think I actually did take a lot of the things that my teachers and my friends didn't understand so personally, because I was like, you don't understand. And that's because that's why I have a lesser grade or you don't understand. And that's what's ruining our friendship. When in reality, it was, it, it is a double-edged sword. It's, it's yes, they don't understand. It's also my interpretation. It's also my communication ability. So as I've grown and matured, I realized, you know what, maybe I could have said X, Y, and Z about it, but I wasn't strong enough to do that at the mm-hmm. time. I didn't know that I was 19, exactly. 20, like 20 years old. Like I was still like, we're, we're a still child. Just ki- exactly. We're um, still just kids. And so again, like I resorted to photography, which is a passion of mine and storytelling. And I really just figured out a way to, you know, let an image, what's the word, an image is worth a thousand words or something like let that happen. And as I did that, I just built this really engaged, unique community about chronic illness and supporting other people dealing with health issues that are adjacent, whether Mm -hmm. that's somebody who maybe has gone through chemotherapy and they're, you know, immunosuppressed or somebody dealing with the exact same condition or somebody dealing with anxiety and depression. Like, I think all of it is valid and all of it deserves a place under the umbrella of a chronic illness and also an invisible illness that most of the time you can't see. And so um, that's been really interesting, but it's also been something that, like I said, I've been thinking about because as I share about my life, my work becomes me talking about my illness online and how I deal with the world. And that's kind of like really challenging sometimes because again, I not only am sharing that and being vulnerable with the world about it, but it's also out there for doctors to see, for people to criticize, for friends and, you know, acquaintances to see, um, for, you know, future spouse to see, like there's a lot out there. And that also comes with being, I guess, in the public in some sorts and I just have gotten used to it and really desensitized to it but when I think about like the grandeur of it it's like holy shit I have over two football stadiums full of people 
looking at my content. And for me, putting it into that perspective is like, wow, like you imagine you were giving an address that was in person, you know, at mm-hmm. one of these stadiums. Like exactly. I literally, lo- I love college football. Like it, to me, that Same is like how I measure things. And it's like, yep. it's just, it's a lot to comprehend. And if I'm dealing with this on such a small scale, I can't imagine what some of these other people with millions are, mm-hmm. are feeling. So when you do receive, I guess, that hate or the negative side effect of social media, when so many people do see your videos, what has crossed your mind or how do you stay so strong and in dealing with all of that? So fortunately, I really haven't dealt with a lot of hate. Um, I've dealt with some some body shaming around the Sports Illustrated stuff mm-hmm. just because I have a body that is not like a, a, a fit model's physique and that's totally fine. It doesn't bother me, but other people were just being so nasty about that. Um, mostly, I think, insecure men with no profile picture with a oh, username exactly. like user 54810. User, yeah. and, <laughs> and so I just, it's it's like, you pick and choose where you want to put your energy. And for me, it's not worth a fight with people that like one, I don't even know. And two are just like stupid. Um, So it's again, coming down to not taking things personally and making sure that we're really like not giving like trolls the time of day and also standing your ground. And if you make a mistake, own up to it, apologize, do research, work with an organization, prove yourself like right And if you make an honest mistake, like you make an honest mistake and you move on, like people are going to remember it for a day, a couple of days, like if you're really big and then they're going to move on. Like, I don't even know, like last week I saw something not relating to my specific Mm -hmm. content, obviously, but it was on Snapchat and it was about how this TikToker had a 1923 like birthday party. And a lot of people were getting mad because they said they were glamorizing the twenties, which was filled with like a lot of hate and a lot of like, you know, anti-Semitism and racism and stuff like that. And I'm like, they're literally dressing up just as like a theme party and like theme parties are nothing new. So now are we going to have a problem with theme parties and like how far is too far and where do we really like draw the line with like telling people like, Hey, what you're doing isn't okay. Versus like, Hey, I just want to start drama with you to start drama with you. And that's the internet. That's the battle that we deal with. And I just was like, wow, like what is, what is happening? Like, am I, am I far off here or is, are these people really making a deal out of a theme party? Exactly. So, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I could, not agree. <laughs> I could not agree with that. <laughs> oh, it drives me crazy when people take things like someone celebrating their birthday too far, like let them have fun, let them enjoy their day. And because I guarantee that person who is causing all this drama two weeks ago or whenever their birthday is, they're having a, a, who knows what kind of celebration or uh, the exact same thing. So again, what you said is absolutely correct. You have to just be present and just stay in your own lane. Worry about you, your own happiness. And it it blows my mind on how much that, that happens all the time. Part of, I think, my emotional ability to block this stuff out is that I've studied social media literacy and media literacy in general. Mm-hmm. And 
understanding like the psychology of how people are triggered by different user interfaces and experience design. So with that comes a lot of like, there's literally people out there designing things Mm -hmm. to trigger us to think certain ways to show us certain algorithms. I watched a video yesterday actually about how it only took an hour for someone's feed to go from being like whatever their feed was to all about like MAGA and this really gross TikToker Mm -hmm. um, and just like white supremacy and masculinity, toxic masculinity, and like all of this. And it took an hour. So if just one hour of scrolling and interacting can really change your feed, it's going to change your thoughts. Exactly. So as I've researched this and as I've studied it in my master's degree, I have just become really aware. And there's no form, there's no class, there's no book There's no guidance on how we should be using social media. There's no, you know, guidance from managers. There's no guidance from PR firms. There's no guidance from um, companies or creator managers saying, hey guys, here's a moment to like think about what you're consuming. Here's what you should be doing to shape your career. Here's what you should be doing if you encounter trolls, right? We just are kind of left as creators, especially since it's a new career. There's people coming in and out of things every day. And like, they don't really know any of this. And so my goal is to change that. So that's something in the near future, but yeah. Yes. You go girl. I love that. But no, it is so true. And especially because I see it from, or even just with fan, with my younger, my younger cousins who are just getting TikTok and it's not being filtered by their parents where they're kind of seeing anything and everything. And who knows what they are going to come across because and it may not be the best for them when, and if we can change it, it is so powerful because it's not only going to change one life, it's going to change, honestly, the world. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it, it, it is. And I think social media literacy is way harder to implement into mm-hmm. a lot of these systems than we might think. And part of that is because down to a federal level, like that's how far back you have to go. You have to. Um, if you want to change something and add something into public education systems, if you want to add it into workplace settings, if you want to get a federal budget for it, like you really have to go that far back. And a year ago when I first had this con- like idea of like, I was like, oh, I was so doe-eyed. And I was like, I'm going to get social media literacy and like just advocate for it. And I'm going to go to the White House and there's going to be policy. And I was like, holy crap, like to examine like, implementing this into schools I have Mm -hmm. to first look at like what exists then I have to look at like what exists in schools then I have to look at school systems then I have to look (laughs) at public policy then I have to look at federal education system which already is failing so many then I have to look at federal budgets to figure out how I can actually make it happen and I'm like oh my god that is that's crazy why is it that hard and the reason why it's that hard is because at the end of the day, America is a money pit and they make money off of our mental health. Like, so yeah, that's Mm -hmm. my little spiel on social media literacy. 
Don't even get me started. Nonetheless, (laughs) (laughs) did you? So I guess coming from the whole journey over the last year, what has been one of your biggest takeaways and learning experiences that you didn't think that you would learn going into this? Yeah, amazing question. I think a big takeaway is that everything is like a funhouse and it looks one way and then it forces you to think about things differently to kind of come out the other side. And that includes the mirror house of looking at yourself a certain way and knowing that the person that you see in the mirror is not necessarily who you are. It's a reflection of you. It is a, you know, I guess like a hyperbole of you in Mm -hmm. some ways. And it's, it's not something that you should, um, I guess, like equate to who you are in person. And in terms of the other parts of the fun house, I mean, think parties look certain ways. I, a year ago, I didn't know how movie premieres or red carpets worked. And it's literally so much less glamorous than you think. Like it's literally really? like a banner. It's, I mean, usually there when it's like a big yeah. production, it's, it's well thought out, mm-hmm. but if it's a small production, it's maybe a 10 or eight foot, you know, red carpet with a banner behind yeah. it and they just crop out the rest. And it exactly. looks like it's on a big carpet, but really it's just a step and repeat. And I had it in my head that it's like this big, long thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you go into parties, you see it in yeah. movies. It's like, all spread out like 100 200 feet and photographers are everywhere usually it's like one or two photographers um you know for some of the bigger premieres I've gone to it's been intense and Mm -hmm. really awesome and fun but for some of the smaller ones it's literally like a you know I don't know a 20 foot carpet by five feet and then (laughs) a big banner and two people can stand on it at the same time and your escort down the carpet and like in my head I was like oh my God, that's so cool. Like, you know, it must be this whole glitz and glamour thing. And it's Mm -hmm. honestly just utter chaos. And the the PR teams and the event teams that coordinate it, God bless them because holy crap. (laughs) Um, I would not fall. I would, I I give them so much credit. (laughs) I give them so, so much credit. The same thing with influencer events and even meeting certain influencers the Mm -hmm. same way we have a different perception of ourselves. There's a different perception of, of these influencers online too. Like you, you think you know somebody because of the closeness that yep. you feel from short form video, from yep. t- seeing someone on Instagram stories, from having them populate your feed so much. And when you meet them in person, it's kind of like, oh, I didn't realize yeah. that you're actually like not that. Like mm-hmm. this is just a really like, again, like a hyperbole of who you are and it's yep. not, it's not real. So yeah, I think the biggest takeaway is that in the wise words of Alex Russo from uh, Wizards of Waverly Place, everything is not as it Yes, yes, yes. And it's, it's a very powerful message and something that we definitely need to encourage this generation, Gen Z, that everything, what you see, you can't really necessarily take it for face value and our inner beauty needs to truly shine through and to stop seeking external validation where we just need to be who we are and and really just own that and I love how you are creating this platform and it's it's absolutely beautiful to watch and to see your journey unfold and I love what you're doing with your podcast as well so how did that come into play 
Yeah. In 2020, there was a lot that happened culturally on the internet Mm -hmm. that I think showed us the power of the creator teams managing creators dealing with a number of things, managing algorithm shifts, Mm -hmm. managing content suppression and shadow banning, managing um, really the way that creators were responding to world events. And I just remember, like, I'm getting chills thinking about it so vividly, like, the beginning of 2020, I was on the plane home after my friend's wedding. And it was right as those horrible wildfires were happening in yes. Australia. Yep. And then Kobe Bryant died this, mm-hmm. the, the following weekend. And then COVID started yep. happening. And then Black Lives Matter and the riots started happening. And then Asian hate crimes are happening. And I was like, we're living in such a, a dark time. And this is it's affecting everybody, regardless of what group you're from. Like you're, you have a lot of like stuff internally and um, historically that you're going to deal with. And as a white cis woman, I was like, F this, I'm just going to give my platform to someone else. Like it's, I have the privilege to be able to do that. I have the privilege to catch people's attention and get them to listen when I need them to, and to to share that platform with other people. So in 2020, I had this idea um, and it also came after a partnership that I did with Philosophy Mm -hmm. um, Skincare. And I interviewed Julia Michaels, actually, who is an incredible singer, if you don't know her. And we talked about mental health. And I think it was really brave of her to also do that on Instagram Live. And I Mm -hmm. said, you know what, this model is really smart. I have the potential to interview not only content creators about how they're using their platform, but music artists and personal trainers and, you know, creators and teachers and nonprofit leaders and so on and so forth. So I went on to do a pilot series on my Instagram live called everything you need is within. And it did extremely well. And I ended up switching over and joining the Spotify live team as a creator. Thank you. And um, we basically ended up doing three awesome seasons of my show, which I'm still wrapping up now. And I've, again, interviewed so many people and um, had the opportunity to really just talk about the creator economy from a lens of like culture and mental health and how that intersects with the work that is happening on the internet. So that's really how this love child of mine was born. And it's really, it's been such a journey and I've learned so much about myself and I've become a much more confident, well-spoken interviewer. If you look at my first five solo episodes versus my solo episodes now, it's like, (laughs) who was this girl going in circles without an outline? Like, there was no reason for that. But you know what? That's about growth. I think that happens too. It happens to any podcaster. It happens to any radio host. It happens to any person starting Instagram or TikTok. Like the second that you start something, like eventually there can be an ending, but from start to finish, you grow. That's the whole point of it. And so it's really just been a personal growth passion project for me. And um, I can't wait to see what we do for season four. Oh, that is so beautiful. And it's about the journey. It's about it's not about the beginning. It's not about the end. It's about the journey, just like you said, growing into becoming who you are and just showing the real 
you to the world because that's where that's what's empowering that's where other people are going to find inspiration and now by you holding this platform by you being vulnerable you just healed so many other people by saying oh wow if Gigi can do it I can do it I can share my story with the world and that's that's the beauty in it and I oh my gosh I absolutely love that for you I'm so yeah so excited for you (laughs) thank you so welcome so let's get into you winning Sports Illustrated. Congratulations. That is amazing. So did you, so growing up, did you ever think that this would ever happen? Um, no, I, I don't think I really paid Sports Illustrated much attention. I think mm-hmm. I knew that they were the ones that launched Kate Upton because yes. obviously I think growing up in the 2000s was like, Kate Upton was like all the, the all that yeah at the time I and so yep. um I think just like researching her and then having people tell me like when I had blonde hair like oh you're like Kate Upton I was like oh okay haha but like I never thought like and it never it never really even dawned on me to try out for something like this it was kind of like the concept of like being on America's Next Top Model like it, it was never something I had aspired to do and being a part of the swim search was definitely really awesome because it combined my passion for advocacy with my passion for photography and I got to meet one of my idols uh Yusai who is literally a world-renowned photographer and that was the most full circle part of it was being on the other side of the camera it wasn't I mean it was about like getting there and getting in the magazine and you know, meeting the editor in chief and everything like that. But it was also about meeting one of my idols, which it could, they could have chosen any photographer, exactly. but they chose Yusai. And that's um, I've been did looking you, up to him for years. Did you know he was going to be one of the photographers or it just was just a surprise? I think he shoots the swim search and he okay. always shoots some photos for the mag. So I think it, it just happened. Uh, but I didn't try out being like, I'm going to meet him if I win. It was just like, if I win, oh my gosh, whoever the photographer is, is going to be a world renowned photographer. And I'm really excited to meet them because again, photography is like, I always tell people my first love, like I love photography through and through. I love lighting. I love posing. I love, um, even the, the post edit process. And part of that is, understanding how to post people and how to make people feel confident and just knowing how to do that myself and doing self-portraiture for years and then also again finally getting this shoot where it kind of was like an amalgamation of my career and it just was really cool and I also used spoken word and writing to hit those really I think the the ethos of what their mission was this year, which was pay with change to make an impact. And I tagged MJ on LinkedIn and she happened to see it. And she was telling me like, she was like, that's why you're here. Like we really enjoyed the fact that you, you know, just went out there and, and tagged us and recognized SI in a way that hasn't been recognized professionally before it's always something that's like oh yeah you're just just one model and that's where I'm like you know it's that but it's again it's it's a it's it's not only more but like everyone wears a bikini or a bathing suit like it's just you don't need to make it hyper sexualized people just like to do that to invalidate 
other parts of women being multi-hyphenate. Exactly. And it's so much more than that. Again, beauty is found within and we just have to continue to allow that to shine through and not just look to those external influences. So where do you find your inspiration? I think a lot of my inspiration comes from what I see in nature and what I see happening in culture, but also from positivity. And I don't mean that in like a toxic positivity way, but I just think there's a lot of negativity out there. Like I mentioned, there's a lot happening for us. And I just, I just like to choose to always see the brighter side of things. And I'm not saying don't feel sad and I'm not saying you can't be depressed because like I've been there. I literally have to go to a doctor's appointment today for some health issues. And I also have to drop my computer off. And like, I could choose to say this is a bad day, but at the end of the day, I'm also going to be going and like hanging out with my assistant. And I had a great call with you and I had a great call before this. And there's no reason for me to be negative when at the end of the day, like is, is being negative going to really change your outlook on life at the end of the day? It's going to just add stress. And so I just try my best to let things go and let things happen because being worked up about something, Mm -hmm. like when people say, I'm so stressed, it's like you're feeling an emotion and you're actually causing more drama about a situation for you than actually exists. Mm -hmm. So what you need to do is like take a couple of deep breaths. And obviously there's been times I've been really nervous as well. Like, Like, and that happens. But if you take some deep breaths and realize like, you know what, like there are moments where I'm allowed to feel like this and there's moments where I'm also just making it up because I'm bored. That's another real moment for a lot of people. And I'm again, not saying anxiety and stress don't exist because I deal with my fair hand of that. I just think we we can shape our own thoughts. And if we choose to feel that way, we choose to feel that way. But if we recognize okay, maybe I have a tightness in my chest. What's going on around me in my surroundings that's triggering this? Okay, maybe it's a really loud speaker and a lot of chatter. Okay, maybe I need to go to the bathroom and take some deep breaths. Maybe I need to step outside and take some deep breaths and reset and come in with a little bit more energy so that I can make it through the end of the night without having a panic attack, right? Like you can you can become aware. It's, it's about not only becoming emotionally aware, but situationally aware yes, as well. Exactly. Perfectly said. I could not agree with you more. And that's something that I live by. I empower my clients the exact exact same thing. And we have to become aware of our thoughts because today's thoughts, our thoughts create our actions and our actions shape our reality. So whatever we are doing today, it's going to affect us tomorrow. And mm-hmm. it is so, so true. Um So with that being said, this was such a beautiful episode. So before we do end things, I always ask our guests two last questions. And the first one is, what is the best piece of advice you've ever been given and you want to share? Yeah, uh, one of my best pieces of advice is it's none of your business what other people think of you. And also do today what others won't so that tomorrow you can do things others can't. 
I love that. That is so beautiful. And our last question. So essence is a huge part of our brand. It's who you are. Um, it's your being, it's beauty, it's nature, so many different definitions, but how do you define essence and what makes up your essence? I would define essence as all of the fairy dust that people feel when you're in the room. It's about how you make other people feel. And it's about what you carry and you add value to a conversation or to a relationship with somebody. And I think mine is, like I mentioned, it's about empowering other people to not feel alone and to feel confident and to uh, make sure that they are being positive in a negative situation. Exactly. And they're loved and they are worthy of all that they desire as well. Thank you, Gigi, so much for joining us today. This was such a beautiful episode, and I'm so happy that we're able to connect on so many different levels. Yes, me too. Thanks so much for having me. It was really fun. So welcome. Thank you, everyone, for listening in on this week's episode here at I Am Essence. Don't forget to listen in next Wednesday on your favorite podcast platform. And if you are listening in on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review and we will see you next week.